You're surrounded by your handicaps, your sicknesses, your liabilities, emotionally, physically, psychologically, socially, financially. You need a fresh abiding vision of God. God, help me to see you. Welcome to Treasure Truth with Pastor and author James Ford Jr., Senior Pastor at the Christ Bible Church in Chicago. And Pastor, certainly we have some listening today who can identify with what they just heard. They're saying, yeah, that is me. I, I feel like I am surrounded by my handicaps, my sickness, my liabilities. Uh, I've got so many things weighing me down. I do need this fresh abiding vision with God. But it's so dark where I'm at. I'm not sure how to, to find that fresh vision of God. Uh, well, as always, the, the venerable scholar Warren Wiersbe said, when I open my Bible, God opens his mouth. And when I close the Bible, God closes his mouth. That's where we get the fresh abiding vision of our Lord through the scriptures. Hmm, yeah. Remember what he said, search the scriptures for in them. You think you have eternal life. They are they which testify of me. Now, now what that does is if you remember when uh, Peter was walking on the water, uh, he let go of the promise that Jesus had given to him. Come. Yeah. He turned and looked at the winds and waves. He took his eyes off the Lord and began to sink. I mean, that's what happens to us. Yeah. When we look at our circumstances uh, rather than at our Savior, uh, then that's going to get us in trouble. We'll begin to sink in the quagmire of what's going on with us. But if we keep our focus on him, I mean, you think about it. Isaiah 26, 3 says this. That will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, and then because he trusts in thee. And so I think, yeah. of, you know, I'm, I'm about to say a word that some people will, will not recognize. There's a hymn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, a hymn. Exactly, some some right. people don't know what a hymn is, you know. It's just kind of like I was teasing my— An old song. Uh, I was teasing one of my grandchildren, and I gave him a cassette tape. He said, what is that? Right. <laughs> You know, so, yeah. so, but remember the songwriter said, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full into his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Mm. Well, we're going to uh, turn to scripture right now. Hope that you'll open your Bible and join us in second Corinthians chapter 12 as we continue this message. Learning to Live with Liabilities. Here is Pastor Ford. He understood uh, that there are more who are with us and they're greater than those who are against us. That's all I ever try to communicate to you to get you to, to understand that right now you're going through something. Right now, it looks like a liability. Turn the liability into a possibility. How do I do it? Get God in on this thing. Bring God in on, and keep him in on it. You know what we do? Uh, we didn't try. I tried. I, well, that's the problem. You trying, you ain't trusting. You're doing it in your own strength, your own power. You're not drawing from the power that you have from God. And you're not listening to what his word has to say. How many times I heard somebody say, well, you know, I did what you said, but it didn't work. Well, you didn't do it long enough because it always works. Because the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God endures forever. 
I can tell you, I can testify it works. And so I know, I know, you, you know my story, but I share it to everybody. I'm married 45 years by the grace of God, 42 years by the grace of God, because I was on my way to the divorce court after three years of marriage, and the stuff that I was doing, you know, you know all that stuff. I ain't going to find the devil. I'm telling you what God's able to do. And so here I was, you know, whoremonger. That's what I was. I was a hoe. You know, and then, and, then, and then God gave her the grace to even forgive me. And so I know, and I begin to tell God, one of the first prayers I said was, I don't know how to be a husband, a Christian, a father, a son, a contributor to society. I've always been a consumer on society. And, and, and God began to give me a vision of himself. As I got in the word, I could see him and, and being with him transforming me giving me a vision of what I could become because of him. And that's it. I could see it before I was being it. But because I could see it, I knew I could be it. You feeling me? That's what Paul's saying. Man, this vision, it really spurs me on. And if you really get a word from God, you're going to hold on to that. You're not going to let go of that thing, man. You're going you're to hold on to it. And every time your circumstances say God is lying, you say, no, he's telling the truth. And so what I'm going to do, I'm going to focus in on me. I'm going to let God work on me. And I'm going to be the best me that I can be before God. Now, what about you? I'm going I'm to let God deal with you. Because he can deal with you better than I can deal with you. Amen. Amen. He can slap taste out your mouth. See, I do it. I go to jail. <laughs> so, here it is. Secondly, and we're going to stop right here. So, here he is now. I don't know who you are, but listen. You're surrounded by your handicaps, your sicknesses, your liabilities, emotionally, physically, psychologically, socially, financially. You need a fresh abiding vision of God. God, help me to see you. Because when you see God, there will always be the appropriate response. Look at people who saw God. You know, the TV guy said, I was, I was shaving and God came into my bathroom and spoke to me. And he had a vision of Jesus. And he said, Jesus. And Jesus said, yes. I almost called his name. Now I got a problem with that. Number one. Jesus came in your bathroom and you kept shaving. Problem number two. The glorified Christ came in your bathroom, you kept shaving, and you didn't cut yourself? There's a dead monkey on the line. Show me somebody that was so casual in the presence of God. Peter realized who Jesus was and said, depart from me, for I am a worker of iniquity. Uh, Isaiah saw him. He said, woe is me, for I am unclean and undone, and I dwell in the midst of people who are unclean. And nobody is holy like our God. John saw him in the book of Revelation. You know what it says? I fell down at his feet as though dead. See, I can always tell when folk don't have an abiding vision of God because they're not changed. It will always change you. Here's the second one, verse 7a. Number two, this is where we'll stop. So how do I 
have a disability that not, does not become a liability but a possibility. Here's the second thing he says, verse 7a, listen to it. Unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations that was given to me, a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Here it is. Figure out the purpose for your liability. Figure it out. Now, sometimes it's our fault, okay? It's our fault. Uh, you know, people say things like, well, all my credit cards are run up to the max. Well, God didn't do that. His name is not one, on one of those slips. Yeah, well, you know, in this relationship, wait a minute, you chose that person? I just tell somebody, because I was doing a counseling session, and, and so, you know, she went to the bathroom, and he talking about, she's stupid. I didn't know how stupid she was. I said, well, wait a minute. If she's stupid and you married her, what does that make you? Stupider or stuck on stupid? No. Because you married to somebody stupid, you married them. So then, knowing why helps us to accept it better. And so, you know, I went to Pastor's Promise Keepers. I needed a car. And, uh, uh, you know, a brother was stranded from the Caribbean. And uh, he gave me, he, he, got, he bought a car, came here for a pastor's conference, bought a car. Walked up to me and said, God told me to give you this car. I said, really? He said, yeah, I don't know why. And he gave me the car. I was like, wow, wow, that's never happened to me before. You say, you say, wait a minute. When I began to analyze it, what I found was God had a purpose. That's my point. You can make anything make sense if you look at it from God's perspective, not the human perspective. You know, uh, some of you were here when I lost 10 of my immediate family members in two years. I did 10 funerals, mama, dad, three of my brothers, on and on and on. I preached every one of their funerals, and people, were, they were worried about me. I think, I think he's going to break down. I think he's going to, you know, and my sister especially, like, I don't think you ought to do mama's, uh, no, mama asked me to. No, I'm going to do it. How can you do this? Because there's a purpose. What could be good? What could God do? Okay, at mama's funeral, 11 people came to Christ. At my brother's funeral, and so I said to my, I said to my sister, I said to her, when my brother was gunned down, he was murdered, and, uh, you know, I, I said, all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and those who are called apart. How could you say that? That's cold. That's cold. I said, I'm not saying it for you. I'm saying this is what I hold on to. All things. All means all. That's all all means said, well, well, you tell me how something good could come out of our brother being gunned down in the street. I said, I can't tell you. I preached his funeral. Nine people got saved. One of them was my sister. At the repast, my sister said to me, I understand it now. If Timbo hadn't died, I never would have came to Christ. And so God allowed my brother to die so that he could put me into his kingdom. 
And see, I knew my sister was saved, you know. Quit asking me how I know my sister was saved. Because the first thing she did was go home and kick out her live-in boyfriend. You got to go. I'm a Christian now. And I, I said, you know, they're mature Christians ain't done that yet. She said, I don't care. I know, I, you know, I haven't been around it long enough to know that if you're getting saved, your life got to change. And so I went home and told him, pack up. He said, well, give me a couple days. No, you got to go now. Why? Because I may change my mind. Yeah. I knew my sister would say, yeah. You know, when we come to know Jesus in a personal way, when he's become truly Lord of our life, there is a change. You know, I hope that you can look and see a change in your life, that uh, assurance that you know Christ is your Savior and Lord. Maybe you have questions about a relationship with Jesus. Well, there's someone who would love to talk with you and pray with you about what it means for Jesus to have gone to the cross, to pay the penalty for your sins, and to receive the forgiveness and the salvation that he offers. The number to call is 1-888-NEED-HIM. That's one 888 need him. And if you do that, would you let us know by coming to our website, treasuretruthradio.org, and clicking on the contact link. Back to the message. Here's Pastor Ford. And so what, what happens? See, so many of us don't understand what God is doing. And we need to understand that he is doing. Let me give you some things real quick. And I'm going to end up. Uh, let me give you some things. Because you say, okay, then, 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 if there is a purpose for these liabilities, what are they? A, is the praise of God purpose. Sometimes God lets us go through things. We suffer. We have to put up with stuff, chronic this, chronic that, because God wants to get praise. Job 1, Job 2, his name came up. Satan, where have you been? Walking to and fro. Have you considered my servant Job? What was it all about? Just so God could show the devil that there are people who don't need a Benz, who don't need a Bugatti, who don't need Benjamins, who don't need bling, who don't need a better house, a bigger car to serve him. That they will serve him when they can't pay their gas bill. That they will serve him and praise him and glorify him even when God hasn't healed them. God hasn't brought the spouse back. God hasn't brought the children back. God hasn't done got the job, this, that, the other. Do you have the commitment to God that you will be uh, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace? God can get us out. But if he doesn't, I still ain't bowing. Still ain't bowing. So then for the praise of God. So Job showed, I love God more than anything and everything. So you take everything away, and it doesn't matter. And you know what? Remember what his wife said? I think I'm going to do a sermon on that. His wife said, Joe, be a man of integrity. Curse God and die. You know what she was saying? She was saying, you are a man of integrity. So if you are, then just tell the truth. You can't stand God right now because of all that he took away from you. And you know what Job's answer was, woman, come on now. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We want to receive from God, but we don't want God taking anything. We got to bless his name. We got to bless his name. Number two, just write down the passages. John 9, 1 through 3. 
the power of God purpose that God allows us to go through some things so he can show us his power we can't change anybody but God can we can't provide what we need but God can and so John 9 1 through 3 uh, why is this man sick so that everybody will know the power of God didn't Andre say it best if I never had a problem I wouldn't know what God can solve them I knew I wouldn't know what faith in God can do so through it all through it all I've learned to trust in Jesus I've learned to trust in God through it all I've learned to depend upon his word number three number three the promote growth purpose Hebrews 5 8 so in other in other words to educate us to grow us why because we grow through the trouble that we go through number four it's punitive Hebrews 12 3 there are some things in our lives that God doesn't like so he allows us to go through some things so it's like putting a switch to us whom the Lord loves he chastens every son you know what that word chastens means in the Greek skins alive when I read that in the Greek I said oh he like my mama putting them three switches together putting them whelps on me so it's punitive then proving purpose James 1 2 through 5 my brother encountered all joy when you fall into diverse temptation knowing this that the trying of your faith works patience on and on number six the purging purpose John 15 1 through 5 here's what he says if you abide in me and my word abides in you. He says, uh, then uh, if you don't abide, you'll be purged. If you do abide, you'll be pruned. So what's he saying? He's, he's got a beautiful word picture there. There was on the vines a thing called a sucker shoot. A sucker shoot took nourishment and strength from the vine, but didn't produce grapes. So they would cut it off and then put resin on so that now the other grapes would be bigger it's not taking the resources in an unproductive manner we got a lot of sucker shoots in church too but we got them in our lives and God says I'm gonna cut that thing off now here's what this one is about it's preventative notice what he says he says unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations there was given to me wow here's the case what is, what is this thorn? The word is scallops. It's a sharp stake used for torturing or impaling someone. Paul's saying, I'm, I'm going to be honest, this thing is really painful. And most people thought he had an eye disease, ophthalmalia, that was based on him being struck down at Damascus Road and being blinded, that he never fully recovered his sight. So in the book of Galatians, he wrote it to them. That's how tragic what was going on uh, was, was to Paul. So he says that in chapter 6, see, I wrote this with my own hand. In other words, it was so painful for him to write that letter, but he did it anyway because of the things that was going on. And so, yeah, God wants to prevent me from having pride. And so sometimes it's preventative. And so whatever it is, it doesn't matter. It's a thorn. And Paul says it was preventative in nature to keep him from pride because of the revelations and the visions. And, you know, we have to be careful uh, when God has blessed you to preach or to teach or you have a great ministry or you sing like a nightingale. You got a big church. So God takes from him, brings him from blessing to burden, from paradise to pain, from pinnacle to pit, 
from throne to thorn, from the sublime to suffering. Why? Because you have to be bruised before you can be used. Flowers have to be crushed before they yield the sweet-smelling perfume. Grapes uh, have to be crushed before they yield the sweet wine. Grain has to be crushed to yield the fine flour to be baked for bread. Coffee beans got to be crushed. And so Paul wrote half of the New Testament, and most of it came out of his pain. But here's what he called it in 2 Corinthians 4.17. This light affliction. That's what he called it. Let me close. Hebrews 5.8. Here's what it says about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Even though he were the son, yet he learned obedience by the things that he suffered. Now let me ask you a question. Do you think that God is going to let the son suffer and not let the rest of the sons and daughters suffer? You got to be kidding me. That even in the life of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, there was an advantage to him going through what he went through. Why? Because he can relate to us. Because we have not a high priest who cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but in all points was tested as we are, yet without sin. So he can relate to us. What's he doing? What does it mean he's making intercession for us according to the will of God? It's in sanctification because the devil is accusing. Look at Pastor Forbes, and Jesus says, I died for that. And I know what he's going through right now. I went through that. Now, let me ask you as I close. When are you going to let your mess become a message that glorifies God? I love the fact that we wrapped up right there. All of us have messes in our lives, don't we? We all have liabilities. We need to learn to live with them and to turn that mess into a message. Maybe you want to go back and hear this program again. You can do that by coming to our website. There you can stream the program, download an MP3 for free, or even sign up to begin podcasting the program so you don't miss a future broadcast. Just come to treasuretruthradio.org. You know, Pastor, there are a lot of places that we can choose to put our money and to expect some sort of uh, return on investment. But when we give to Christian Radio, to Moody Radio, and to Treasure Truth, really we're choosing to invest in something that really is kingdom. Of course. Well, what is the gospel? The old preachers used to say the gospel is just one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. Yeah. So when a person gives to Treasure Truth, to Moody Radio, that's exactly what they're doing. They're extending the gospel to individuals who ordinarily would not hear the gospel. Yeah. And, and so that's what you're doing. There's a crown. It's called a soul winner's crown, First Thessalonians 2.19. And it's given to all of those who win souls for Jesus Christ. And when you invest in Moody Radio, that's exactly what you're doing. I think there's going to be a surprise in heaven because yeah. we think, well, I didn't articulate to anyone the good news. And God says, you know, you get this crown because you gave so that someone else could articulate the good news. Well, you can give right now by coming to treasuretruthradio.org and clicking on the donate button. Again, that's at treasuretruthradio.org. Thanks for giving and for listening. 
Treasured Truth is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.